This is the Fantasy Debate with Sam and Tate, brought to you by DrRoto.com. Get your daily prescription of fantasy sports. I am Sam Holt, joined as always by my awesome co-host, Derek Tate. Derek, how the hell are you today? Fan-freaking-tastic. Um... <laughs> We're pretty close to the start of the regular season, aren't we? We are so damn close. Like, it's right there. You can taste it. It's like when you're going to one of your favorite restaurants and you see the waiter coming out with other trays of food and you're like, oh, is it mine? It's not. And then you watch it walk away. But, like, we're so close. We're next in line. It's going to be so excited. See, I feel triggered right now because I hate when I go – it's always the worst when you get sat down before another table that gets their food before you do. Oh God. It's, a, it's the absolute worst. Oh, anyway, I let's not talk about that. I'm excited about football. We got a lot to dive into. There is some news, some running back yeah. news. There's some quarterback battle news, all kinds of stuff. Let's let it rip. Yes. Let's go. Let's start with our quarterback battle news first. And we'll just go right off the top with one. That's not a surprise. Trevor Lawrence got the starting job. No one's, I was really surprised by that. Water, water is wet. Water what is wet. <laughs> and we'll move on. Cool. Trevor, Trevor Lawrence is a the starter there in Jacksonville, and we're all excited about him. And I think in, we both agree in two quarterback formats, he is a must roster as your second quarterback, especially where he's going. If you can get the right price for him, I am 100% about all the shares of Trevor Lawrence. Glad to hear that he got named the starter. A little bit more unfortunate news coming out of Jacksonville, depending on how you look at it. And we will get to that news later, but let's move along right down the quarterback list. Uh, one that's a little bit of a head scratcher, but I think that there must be some stipulations that apply to this starter. But Andy Dalton is going to be the starting quarterback for the Bears. The, I, the Bears. I want to go. The Bears. The Bears. I got to pull a sausage logged in my arc. Anyway. So Andy Dalton. They've been consistent. That's the one thing I can say about the Chicago Bears organization. Ryan Pace, Matt Nagy, they've all said from the second they drafted Justin Fields that Andy Dalton is their starter. Um, and it looks like they, he's going to start week one. And he's going to start week one against the Los Angeles Rams. And Sam, the Rams, probably going to put a hurting on Andy Dalton in that Bears offense. I, don't, I think it's that's going to be the kiss of death. You're going to hear the boo birds. You're going to hear the disgruntled groans coming out of the city of Chicago uh, once Andy Dalton puts up a, a an egg on week number one against the L.A. Rams. I mean, I think Aaron Donald has to be the most excited about that situation because he's going to – what better way to start your season than by getting to put a pounding on Andy Dalton – just in the most brutal fashion, just of male dominance. I mean, it's just going to be an insane show for Aaron Donald, for the Rams defense. It's just going to be a brutal slaughter. If you're streaming defenses, that's one to maybe go ahead and slot in there for week one. That offensive line, it doesn't help that the offensive line is banged up. So, uh, yeah, it's going to be a it's going to be a long week one, even though Dalton's probably excited about starting. He's probably not excited about facing Aaron Donald because no one. No. And then just really quickly, over under, do you think that Justin Fields gets named as a starter before or after week four? Before. Okay. So we're in the same boat on this. <laughs> yeah. I, so I, I, and we're going to talk like uh, other quarterbacks and stuff like that. I just to touch on fantasy purposes, Justin Fields, this actually keeps his price reasonable, like yeah, on draft day. I'm actually all still all about it because. 
there's no certainty that Andy Dalton loses the job by week four or week six. Who knows? If they win, they win early with Dalton under center, there's no need for them to push Fields into a starting role, Absolutely. which I, I again I think they're gonna struggle in week one against the Rams. But point being that keeps Justin Fields price very, very enticing on draft day. Absolutely. And another uh, rookie quarterback that I think all of us are excited to roster, especially in two QB leagues. I mean, mm-hmm. I mean, if you're taking him then, and we know that Dalton's a starter, you know, you have to roster another quarterback, but there are plenty of quarterbacks you can pick up late and stream and still end up winning your league, having picked up Justin Fields when you did in your draft. Tell me it didn't help when just our Jalen Hurts got the starting gig, even on a bad Eagles team. I mean, I think that everything that Jalen Hurts was able to do as far as a fantasy quarterback, a streaming option at the end of the year with the Eagles, mm-hmm. you, that applies to Justin Fields and then to me a bit more. So Absolutely. just think like that. Absolutely. Let's roll right along with the next quarterback. And Teddy Bridgewater is named the starting quarterback for the Broncos. I personally am very excited about this. I've been a big fan of Teddy Bridgewater for a very long time. I feel like that knee injury was just so brutal when it hit him. It was just tragic. And I feel like he's been pulling the short straw a lot in different teams that he's been on, but he is a player that other players love to be around, love having in the locker room. He is a great captain for his team. I'm just excited to see him get uh, a chance just to prove himself with this one. I mean, but prove yourself again. I mean, again. He, had, he had an opportunity with the Carolina Panthers last year. And I, to be Frank, I don't think he was awful. No. Um, I, don't, I, I, they are deciding to go in a different direction. They want to, you know, give Sam Darnold a crack. Um, you know, but I, I'm, it's well known and it's even talked about on any broadcast that Teddy Bridgewater is a part of, um, that he is a very well liked, well respected individual in the NFL circles and has certainly worked his way into a, uh, a viable starting quarterback. He's another guy. As long as he holds on to that starting gig, Sam, I mean, there's few, like maybe like only about five, 10 teams that I actually like all of the pass catchers more than I like the Denver Broncos stable mm-hmm. of wide receivers and even their tight end. Noah fan. They have such a plethora of weapons. Like I'm just excited for him to have all of that at his disposal. And, you know, you can say he had a, he had a chance with the Panthers. I get that, but you also know that not everyone is going to fit into the system. They're not going to fit perfectly. Like, and a great example of that is Ryan Tannehill, who was someone that no one was talking about for fantasy purposes for a very long time. Mm-hmm. And he had a match made in heaven there in Tennessee. So he's had a resurgence. And I think all of us are really excited to see him, you know, shoot up draft boards and finally be someone that we can all be excited about. And especially in terms of just fantasy alone, but as an NFL quarterback as well, just to be able to have that second chance with a different offensive scheme with a different set of coaches, you know, I just like the potential that I see here. It's potential. Well, we saw what he can actually do for even two pass catchers in the Carolina offense. I mean, Mm -hmm. Robbie Anderson was a top 20 PPR wide receiver and DJ Moore was a top top 25. And even Curtis Samuel in this same exact offense had, you know, had his moments uh, where he was definitely a flex-worthy option, even a, a low-end wide receiver, too, uh, at moments. So, um, yeah, I mean, I, granted, I don't know if I, I – Joe Brady is a very good offensive coordinator there in Carolina, but I, I understand what you're saying. Like, there's opportunity, and there's certainly not a shortage of talent. 
at his disposal. So I think he's a nice buy and he's a nice streaming option, probably in a, in a deeper, you know, super flex format where if you wait on your second quarterback um, yeah, I'm okay with Teddy Bridgewater being one of those two other options uh, paired with like a stud that you start every week. Yeah, I absolutely love that. So I'm excited for Bridgewater. Hopefully they have a great season. He's got all the weapons. Super stoked about that. Now, another one that's a little bit of a head scratcher, and I think that we're going to see a lot of different things going back and forth is we don't know who the official starting quarterback is for the Saints. We're still waiting on the, is it Taysom Hill or is it Jameis Winston? And I know that you're very excited that Jameis got his LASIK surgery and can finally see where he's throwing (laughs) the ball. So in terms of that, are you excited for him to be named the starter, you think? I think he should be named the starter. Um, I would be surprised with how Winston has played this preseason. Uh, I know he had the interception in the first game, but so did Taysom Hill. And I thought Winston was very efficient, very effective. And boy, you said the LASIK surgery. He threw two dimes like deep down the field to Marquez Callaway. And there was a couple other passes where he fitted into a nice window. And and Winston has always kind of flashed that ability, like that that high level IQ uh, in spurts. And then of course he'll follow it up with just like boneheaded stupidity. Um, but if somehow Sean Payton has been able to tap into Jameis Winston's psyche and get him to eliminate many of those bad decisions while capitalizing on the stuff that he does really well, Winston, if he's the starter in this offense, is it that far out of the realm of possibility with this Saints offense and Sean Payton that he could be a top 15 quarterback if he wins the starting gig? I I don't think it's that out of the realm. And I do have to remind myself that even though Michael Thomas is banged up and he will eventually see the field this season, because what I'm nervous about is the weapons. And yes, we're seeing a couple flourishes on some different guys that we weren't expecting. And that's exciting. He still has Alvin Kamara, who's an amazing pass catching running back. So there's going to be peppered targets no matter what. It's just not going to look the way we're used to seeing it with the Saints. Yeah, obviously without Michael Thomas, we don't know exactly what his timetable for return is. Yeah, Uh, I love what I've seen from Callaway. You know, there's some other nice options that could have some sneaky upside. But yeah, I mean, without Michael Thomas, it's hard to know what to expect from wide receivers. So it's not going to have the same, I think, explosive potential that it had at the peak with Drew Brees at the helm. But yeah, Kamara is still one of the best running backs in the league and certainly one of the best pass catching weapons out of the backfield in the NFL. So yeah, I I just think that there's more to Jameis Winston's current draft price. The fact that he hasn't been named a starter yet, Sam, similar to Justin Fields, Mm -hmm. it allows for a nice draft day by right now. If you are listening to the fantasy debate with Sam and Tate brought to you by drrodo.com. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, right now. Go target him late in your draft right now. I mean, he is that late round flyer that, I mean, as we get closer to the season, once he gets named the starter, I think is going to shoot up the draft boards. Because if you're in a league that doesn't penalize, you know, interceptions, <laughs> then you love the idea of the volume you can get with someone like Winston. You just do. And when you think of Jameis Winston, you think of volume. You don't always think of the right stats in terms of volume. You tend to think of 
interceptions. But when you think of garbage, think of Akeem. Sorry. <laughs> I'll never get over that movie. I love it so much. When you think of interceptions, think of Jameis. When you think of interceptions, think of... well, he's trying to erase that from I... from our minds. Um, if he yeah. can, that's what I'm saying. If if Sean Payton though who did a great job with Drew Brees. It was one of the best pairings we've ever had as far as an, a, you know, a head coach and a, and a quarterback in recent memory. I mean, yeah. I, yeah. Jameis has that type of pedigree and talent. It's just, can he consistently make the right decisions? And we won't know until we see him in a full-time starting role, which I expect him to win the starting gig. They will still have the, the Taysom Hill packages that drive you nuts, yeah. but I do think that this offense is going to operate better if Jameis Winston is the full-time starter. I do agree with that. And I do think that, you know, if you're someone that likes to be the wild card and go crazy at the end of your flyers, at the end of drafts, you can take someone like Taysom Hill because you never know how they're going to work him into the system. You know, he's not going to disappear if Winston is named the starter. Mm -hmm. Correct. I, I just, in terms of the price that you're going to pay, you're not pr paying a high price for either of them. Winston is sitting around the 24th quarterback off the board. That's just, that's, it's just I mean, would much. you, would you, would you rather have him or the upside uh, associated with Jameis Winston, which is somewhere around quarter, like a top 15, 10 quarterback, mm -hmm. or would you rather have, I mean, who else is coming in around that area? I mean, we talk, like Kirk Cousins or something like that. Kirk Cousins uh, is right around there. Zach Wilson is right around there. Uh, Fitzpatrick like is Wilson. close as well. Yeah, I know you like Fitzpatrick. So, I mean, I get it. If if you pass on Winston, that's fine. But, you know, I just, in a, in a super flex, I want to stack him along with another one of those other names we just mentioned. Just Absolutely. take two of them at the end of the draft, pair them with, again, a, a, a must starter every week, go get one early in the draft. And I think that you're sitting pretty. Yeah. You stack him with a late round flyer and Marquez Calloway. And Hey, maybe that is what takes you into good position for the playoffs later because you did that end gamble. And then it's going to give you a good couple weeks start until Michael Thomas gets in there. Calloway's balling though, man. Whew, He's doing I mean, great. But you know, once Michael Thomas gets back in there, it's, it's his game. Yeah. I I'm, there, there can be can I, you can feed them both. You can definitely feed them both. Can I ask you though? Okay. Doesn't it feel like something smells off when it comes to Michael Thomas in this whole situation with the Saints? Why did you wait so long to get that surgical procedure? Like, why? I, I mean, I, I, it's I giving, had the it's, answer. Like, did I, you watch the longest the last dance? Uh, documentary on the Chicago Bulls. It's given me Scotty Pippen type vibes. Hey, mm -hmm. I didn't want to F up my summer. So I went ahead and waited to get the surgery. That's what this has given me vibes of. Like there's some sort of behind the scenes stuff going on with Michael Thomas that I think he did this on purpose. So yeah. no, I, I, I definitely agree with you. You know, where there's smoke, there's fire. And it smells like there could be something burning there with the saints. And hopefully Hopefully, everything. hopefully it's hopefully stopped. not. Hopefully yeah. it stops and everyone, you know, gets back on the same page and everything's fine and dandy. But, you know, in the meantime, at least we finally see a wide receiver that we can get excited about with Callaway. I just think that there's which the draft price, whatever you're having to pay right now for Callaway. Last thought before we move on. Yep. Um, even if Michael Thomas comes back, who's to say that Callaway isn't then the third wheel in an offense that can be high scoring and produce and, and you know Callaway probably better suited for a number two role to be honest anyway yeah so yeah I just I think that he can return on the value whether Thomas is in the lineup or not 
Yeah, no, I, I definitely agree. It, it's, you know, you're looking for these names that we're not familiar with when the offense switches up. And that's what's happened with the Saints post Breeze era, post the moves that have happened. Jared Cook is no longer there. So you don't have that veteran that can be the guy, just the big red zone threat. So someone's going to have to rise to the top. And it's good to see someone like Callaway get those looks, get that volume now. So, you know. For those doing drafts, can get excited, jot that name down, and don't forget to draft them. Draft it now, now. Yeah. All right. All right. Let's move on to running backs. Let's 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 shift gears. We've covered quarterbacks plenty. People that are going into their drafts this weekend need to know how to get their heads straight after the season-ending injury that Travis Etienne had this week. He had a Liz Frank injury. I believe he's already had surgery. If he hasn't, I believe it's very soon. And it's unfortunate that the season ending, but in terms of him being a rookie and having it in August, you're going to get him next year. So if you're in a dynasty league and you got him, I don't think that you should be that worried. It sucks to not play him this year, but in terms of longevity of a player, a lot of players do see a full return from this injury. It's more common than not that people come back fine. And he's got plenty of time to get recovery. Speaking of coming back. I mean, you talk about like a resurrection from the dead of the fantasy value that James Robinson just yeah, he full zombie, didn't he? Just like full zombie. Yeah, exactly. I mean, that man's fantasy value all of a sudden to me is very enticing. Do you feel the same way? Absolutely. And for those dynasty owners that had him and were, you know, they they poured one out for the homies. They just they <laughs> had that moment. And I was watching it in the faces of some of the people that I've already been drafting with, and they're just like, Sam, is he gonna have any value? I'm like, he could. But we don't know with ETN there. Now, guys, you get to breathe a sigh of relief. You have your James Robinson again for another season. You do have Carlos Hyde there, who I still think is going to have a couple fair shakes. He's going to get to vulture a few touchdowns. But you have your James Robinson back. You have your value back. Get excited. I believe Robinson is going to probably see right around 20 total touches, opportunities on a per-game basis. Yeah. He's the best pass catching option. I mean, Hyde's not going to threaten him there. And I still think the Jags are going to struggle defensively at moments. Um, play from behind quite a bit. Lawrence can be throwing the football quite a bit. Um, so Robinson not only gives you value on the ground, but it also gives you probably a, a, a reliable PPR floor without Travis Etienne in town. So I, there's there's just so much to like about what transpired and how it, it gives Robinson a floor that – I think automatically puts him somewhere in the conversation for a top 15 running back. I mean, he did finish last year as the running back seven. Yeah. I think that, you know, it just depends on how much they're going to depend on the run, given that they have Lawrence now and just the firepower that he's going to be putting into the hands of all of his wide receivers. I mean, I know that we both like a lot of the different, you know, prices that we see for Chark, that we see for Marvin Jones, that we see for LaVishka Chenault. I know that yeah, we're excited don't, about don't all you, of this. Yeah, don't you dare forget LaVishka. I, I won't. He's at the don't end of it. my list, but he didn't forget him. Rude. You love him. He should not um, be at the end. <laughs> fine. Sir LaVishka Chenault Jr. At the top <laughs> and then DJ Chark. And got, it, got it, got it, got Sorry. it. I, I messed up the list. From now on, LaVishka will always be first. Thanks. It's the easiest to say, obviously. <laughs> but anyways... I'm just interested to see how the targets spread out. So I do think that he takes a step down from last year because he was at an all-time peak in terms of volume, in terms of attempts, in terms of like touches, just in terms of what weapons they had there in Jacksonville last year. Okay. 
I think that it's just going to even out a little bit, not a lot, just a little bit. I do think that top 15 is not crazy. Top 10, maybe sitting right there at the 10 is also not crazy. I know. I just thought you were telling me that James Robinson had a career year. I'm like, it was his first year. So yes, he did have a career year in in 2020. He had an amazing year, but he really did. No, I mean, seriously, 1400 total yards and and 10 total touchdowns on that Jacksonville team. That's a hell of an accomplishment. Um, And he, he didn't just luck into it. I, I actually, he's got game. And that's why I was actually surprised they took ETN in the first place. Yeah. So, but hey, no harm, no foul, no ETN. I hope him a speedy recovery heading into yep. next year. But, um, you know, for now, Mr. Robinson's neighborhood, like a beautiful day in the neighborhood. And in terms of late round flyers to round out your running back roster, how do you feel if you're someone that didn't get James Robinson, but you wanted stash Carlos Hyde? I feel like Carlos Hyde has been someone that no one gets that excited about, but he does get usage should anything happen to the running back that gets the starting job ahead of him. He'll be rotated in. He'll probably see somewhere around, I think, five touches a game. I mean, mm-hmm. he'll he'll work in, in spell type duties, but again, I, I I'm I'm not concerned. If but if I mean if you want to go ahead and, and take him as a handcuff, I mean, yeah, there's nothing there's nothing behind him and Carlos Hyde that yeah. scares me. So yeah, I mean, he's a, I guess a handcuff option, but I, I'm just not expecting like a one two punch. Like okay. I, I think it's Robinson's Robinson's gig. And that's interesting that you put it that way in terms of a one-two punch because we're going to switch over to the Rams. And this is something that's interesting. And I feel like it could end up shaking into a committee just depending on how you how we see these players fitting into the scheme. So obviously the Rams lost Cam Akers early. Sucks that we were already down two running backs going into the season before the season's even started. But they went ahead and they signed and traded for Sonny Michelle. As a little bit of running back depth there for the Rams. Darrell Henderson has a little teeny thumb injury. I don't think I'm too worried about that. They can just tape that down. He need, he has two hands. He'll be fine. Not his foot. He's okay. But in terms of getting that running back depth, I think that tells us a lot in terms of how much they were planning on relying on Henderson after that. I think this doesn't show that he's the number one guy, if that makes sense. It makes me... It does make me a little bit less excited in trying to drop like a fourth or fifth round pick in, in Darrell Henderson. Right. Well, I think it uh, kind of pushes his ADP down a little bit for me. It does, which probably is where it should be a little bit lower than what it was. I mean, some were all over Darrell Henderson because yeah, I mean, in, in theory, you know, the Rams running back who is the bell cow could really have a top 15, top 10 type of ceiling. But yeah. that's if Darrell Henderson gets all of that work. And I, and I do think that this is, I think it's more of a depth move, to be perfectly honest with you. I mean, yes, mm-hmm. can Sony Michelle come in and potentially earn him, carve himself out a role? He's got a first, first round pedigree. He's had some moments, although I think he's been far underwhelming as a New England Patriot for most of his career, uh, from what I saw from him at the University of Georgia. But long story short, sp- it's still Darrell Henderson who's going to have the inside track to, I think, dominating the snaps and dominating the touches and dominating the work. I think it was more of a depth move because behind Darrell Henderson, who, like you mentioned already, is kind of dealing with a, a thumb injury um, through this preseason. 
what was there, Xavier Jones, Raymond Kale behind Darrell Henderson? There wasn't much behind him. So. There really wasn't. So yeah. this is, I, I agree. This is definitely a depth move. And I think that the way that they were using the running back position last year as well, they were mixing in a lot of different guys. It wasn't just one guy's game the entire season. I mean, it, it was in some senses, but it wasn't to the extent that Todd Gurley was the main back. Right. You know, way back when, which also feels like forever ago, by the way. I know. I mean, what, two years ago where he was, you know, Todd Gurley was a Ram and a top 15 running back. And then years before that, he was the number one, like bona fide number one overall pick. Yeah, it, how much things can change in a very short amount of time. Yeah, a little bit weird. And then just to cap this really quickly, because Sony Michelle is now no longer a Patriot. Does this shift the Patriots running backs anywhere for you across the board? I mean, 100%. Absolutely. And, and Harris it, must own. I, I think that he... I feel far more comfortable investing in him based off of Sony Michelle. I mean, if you were paying attention to what it looked like even last year when Damian Harris was healthy and how even some of the snaps and reps were going through the preseason, you saw that Damian Harris was going to be the lead dog as far as early down work. Yeah. But what I think it does is it unmuddies the water and has two clearly defined roles now there in New England. Damian Harris, I think, is the lead back early down work for a team that wants to predominantly run the football. We saw that last year with Cam Newton under center. And even though they spent a whole boatload of money in off in the off season on, on bringing in a bunch of new free agents and wide receivers and pass catchers and tight ends, this team still wants to run the football, make no mistake. Uh, so I think Damon Harris is going to be the focal point of the offense. Um, and then James White, now has a clearer path for snaps and passing down work. Not that Michelle was going to work a whole lot on third down, but it gives two clearly defined roles and removes that third wheel. So I think it helps both of their causes. And I think that they're both actually nice buys on draft day, in particular, Damian Harris. I mean, it's interesting just to go between these three running backs because they're actually sitting very close together in terms of ADP rankings across the board on multiple sites. So Darrell Henderson is listed above the two that we just discussed. Mm -hmm. And then you've got Damian Harris, not far behind him and Sony Michelle further below him. I'm just going to list a couple other running backs that are in that section okay. and would love to know if you would prefer them over Darrell Henderson. Over Darrell Henderson? Over Because okay. he's sitting at the top of that group. So just going to list a couple guys. Javante Williams out of Denver, which we already talked about Denver a little bit. I'd rather I'd rather have Darrell Henderson. Okay. Raheem Mostert. I'd still rather go Henderson. I'm, I'm scared of Trey Sermon. Okay. Okay. This is, this is good to know. This is what the people need to know when they're <laughs> going back and forth and they're sitting at this position in draft day and they know they need running back depth. Who would you rather have is an important question that a lot of people are asking themselves. I just had a draft this weekend and I got a bunch of running back depth that I'm super excited about. Mm -hmm. And, but that's the debacle that you go back and forth when you're going through these players. Another name, Rojo. Oh, for me, it's, it's definitely still Henderson. Okay. AJ Dillon. Oh God, not even okay. close. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> Hendy. Okay, okay. Not, I'm not. I don't think this is crazy. Now, James Conner. I know dinged up, had a lot of injury questions, but I think that he could see a lot of great potential there with Arizona. They're starting something whole new. He needs to work his way into the system. I don't think that Chase Edmonds is the answer and the only running back that they're going to be using all season. I think that there's some potential there. Just okay. some people going back and forth. Devil's advocate. <laughs> 
what how many all right how many touches do you think james connor is going to get do you think he out do you think he out touches chase edmonds for the entire season I don't think he outtouches him for the entire season, but I could see him having some games where the scheme fits him better mm-hmm. okay. and he wins those games out. Okay. I just, with what they like to do there with Cliff Kingsbury and that offense, I personally think that Chase Edmonds is a better fit. Okay. Um, so, I mean, if, if you're asking me if I'd rather have, you know, Henderson or, or James Conner, it's, it's definitely handy for me. Okay, now one player that's just sitting above him in a lot of different rankings, Kareem Hunt. I feel more confident in Kareem Hunt. So Okay. So that that's your you're solid with that line. This is that's good. This is what the people need to know. When you're deliberating at that last end and you're, you know, having the second guessing moment, which all of us do when we're in the middle of the draft, because you know you've had a few drinks, perhaps. You're sitting there with your friends, everyone's talking shit back and forth, and it's your turn. The clock is saying 20 seconds left. You want to be able to click the right player and not regret it later. I mean, a couple of drinks. I mean, there was one time where I had far too many and um, I because we were playing in a keeper league and whatever round you drafted the player, you can keep them the next year for, you know, two rounds ahead of where you actually drafted them. Right. Um, so it was the year that Jordan, Jordy Nelson tore his ACL in the preseason. And I said, well, Jordy's coming back. So I decided to select him as my keeper. The problem was, is that I, it was in like the the eighth round and I was um, way too aggressive. And I was like, you know what? I, I was, that's why you don't drink too much in the <laughs> early rounds. Definitely not too much in the early rounds. Let it go. Let it go at the end of the draft. That's fine. But, you know, don't drink too much before the draft because otherwise you'll end up drafting a keeper in the eighth round. It happens to the best of us. All right, let me just tell you my running back depth just to end this episode, just to have my little moment bragging about my team. So this is a keeper league, and I already kept Josh Jacobs, and I kept Aaron Jones. Okay. So those were my two main running backs, and I knew that I had to get running back depth because I couldn't keep any other running backs. So what I did was I ended up getting Melvin Gordon. I got Leonard Fournette, and I got Gus Edwards. I think you have an opportunity to go ahead and have a rotating staple of flex options. And that's what I wanted at my depth position. I wanted some guys that I thought, you know, depending on how the season shakes out for my main guys, these are all players that have great potential at seeing big volume numbers. I can, I'm with you on that. I'm with you. And that's what you're going for when you're running out at your bench, I feel, is that, I mean, obviously you're not going to be just stacking up stud after stud as you're drafting and you're going to have immediate running back ones on your bench. You're not. You're just not. That's not how, unless you're drafting with people that don't know how to draft and they're just picking kickers and defenses in the first four rounds, which that's not a real league. Get out of that league. Get into a real league. (laughs) I have not played it on draft where uh, people don't know what the hell they're doing in a long time. It's been a minute, right? I, yeah, I, I'm not saying I play with like professionals all the time, but I mean, yeah, it kind of feels like I'm, I'm always drafting with other, you know, folks that dabble in analysis for a living. So it's, it's a lot of fun. Um, I, you know, I'm in a 16 team draft for the first time and somehow I came out with Dalvin Cook, Josh Jacobs and James Robinson. So, I mean, those are my first three picks. I got to figure it out at wide receiver, but, um, in a 16 team leaguer. Yeah. It doesn't make any sense to me. I don't know how that happened. Woo! I'm excited. That's that's pretty ridiculous. Go ahead and yeah. fine. You get bragging rights at the end of the show just to end it. 
I'll let you do that. Let me go ahead and sign us out. Thank you guys so much for tuning in to the Fantasy Debate with Sam and Tate. Check out all the other content, seasonal and DFS tools, as well as premium access to our staff for all your fantasy sports questions in the members-only Discord right here at drrota.com. Have a wonderful weekend of drafting, everyone. Enjoy the last week of NFL preseason. And until next time, later, says the tater. Thanks for stopping by the office. Get your fantasy prescription by subscribing to the channel and checking out drrodo.com. And until the next visit, be well and take care.